Good morning. Let's start all over again. Uh, yeah, here we go. Are you ready for this? So, as I was meditating on the message, and you know, one of the things that I've noticed is that God seems to build from previous messages, and He'll give me a little nugget, and I won't realize it until later that it actually fits into what I'm doing next. And He's done that so many times, I'm just like, I just give Him the praise because I believe He is building a foundation in us, in you and me. For what? Do you know the church is, is His he wants to display the church. We are here to show that God exists. And how many know that He does exist? And doesn't just exist, but He lives. He lives. Hallelujah. And because of that, we live. That's good news, isn't it? But while I was meditating on this, and, and it's weird, because I kept hearing this one word, crucible. And I'm like, what? Crucible. And, and the scriptures that I'm going to today, which are in Ephesians 3, we'll get there in a minute, but where I'm going to go today, crucible has nothing to do with it, or at least I didn't think it did. So finally what I ended up doing was I looked it up, as we often do, right? So the Google English Dictionary it defines crucible as a ceramic or metal container in which metals or other substances may be melted or subjected to very high temperatures. And at first I thought, what's it have to do with us? And the Holy Spirit says, I'm sanctifying you. When He sanctifies us, what does He do? He puts heat to us. For what? to purify us, to take out the things that shouldn't be in us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He sanctifies us. And it's not instant. How many, when you were born again, you never sinned again? It's a process. It, I mean, absolutely. When, when you're changed by the lifeblood of Jesus... When he forgives you of your sins, you do change. But it's not an instantaneous kind of thing where everything is done and you never have to go back. It's a daily commitment to him. And the Holy Spirit is here to sanctify you and me, to burn off, if you will, the stuff that shouldn't be there. And what does it leave behind? The pureness of God. But that wasn't where I was going. That was, that was the first definition. The second one is where it really hit me. A situation of severe trial. Everybody say, whoo <laughs> Trials, yes! <laughs> Unless you're an attorney, that does not excite you. Or in which different elements interact. Leading to, and this is where I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, this is what I'm talking about. Leading to the creation of something new. God takes the old man and he changes us into the new man, the new woman, who, who hungers and thirsts after his righteousness. 
That's what he does to us. He wants people that desire him. Just like you desire your husband or your wife if you're married. God wants that. He wants that relationship with you and me. But this crucible thing includes sometimes hardship, persecution, and so on. Here's what I'm going to teach today. God uses the crucible to strengthen our faith in Him and our love for Him and our, for our fellow man. God uses the crucible to strengthen our faith in Him and our love for Him and for our fellow man. In other words, God's love intermixes within us when we first become born again. Everybody say amen. If, if you're born again, you've experienced that. And then the second part of that is He, he intertwines with you or intermixes with you on a daily basis as you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you as you commit your life to him. God's love, and I love this part because this was me years ago. God's love permeates the hardest of hearts. I don't care who you are. You know, Paul said he was the chief of sinners. I've heard Pastor Roger say that. And I'm not going to say I was the chief of sinners, but I will say I had one hard heart before Jesus. Because I didn't know how to love people. And after Jesus got a hold of this man and changed me from the inside out, I was able to love. That's what God does to you and to me. He can take the hardest heart and soften us to be more like Jesus. And that is his plan, by the way. That is his plan. Instead of reacting toward others out of fear, out of self-defense, or hatred, we respond to people out of the love of Jesus that God imparts into us when we spend time with him. Let me say this. There is no better place to be. There is no better place to be for the believer than walking in God's love. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, and this isn't where I'm going, but it, it ended up in here. Imitate God, and, and I didn't have the whole thing there, but imitate God. That's the Lord's plan for you and me. Everybody say that. Imitate God. That's his plan for you. If you don't look like Jesus more and more every day, then you need to go to him and say, what's wrong? Can I get an amen? amen. Live a life filled with love. Can I ask you that right now? If people were to examine you, let's say just for the last week, what conclusion would they come to? Would they be able to say, yes, yes, Jim, you've been living a life for Jesus. Would they be able to say that? Following the example of Christ. Again, he's our pattern. He's our model. He's our mentor. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. And that's just put in there just to show you that God wants us to look like Jesus, to imitate Jesus. 
to love like Jesus. Say that with me. God wants me to love like Jesus. Say it one more time. God wants me to love like Jesus. Is that possible? Now listen, I know God, Jesus, was God, 100%. But I also know he's 100% man. I don't understand that, all right? If you do, talk to me. But I do know this, with God, all things are possible. And he sent Jesus, his son, to take our place on that cross, not that cross, but a cross like that cross, on that hill so many years ago so that we wouldn't have to pay the ultimate price. That's love. No greater love than when someone gives their life for another. And Jesus did that for you and me. And then he said, imitate me. (laughs) Or put another way, he said what? Pick up your cross and follow me. We know that he died on the cross. He's not asking us, by the way, to hang ourselves on the cross. Some people do that. It's not what he's saying at all. You can't pay for anybody's sins. There are people that believe that. What he is saying is, when you have opportunity to love somebody, somebody that maybe they don't look right to you, maybe they've been ugly to you, you know what I mean? You still need to go to them and love them. (laughs) Easier said than done, right? We're going to talk about that a little bit. So, Here's what I want to do. I want to start with Ephesians 3, verse 12. You ready? Paul's letter to the Ephesians, right in the middle. And I've got it up behind me, uh, reading from the NLT. Because of Christ and our faith in Him, Paul said, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Hallelujah. Do you know before Jesus we couldn't do that? You couldn't get in God's presence. You would have, you would have died. You would have been burned up. But thanks to Jesus, we are able to enter the presence of God. Verse 13, so please don't lose heart because of my trials here. There we go. What is that? That's the crucible. Paul was going through some stuff. He said, I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Now, if I'm suffering up here, I'm not going to probably say that to you. Well, you should feel honored that I'm suffering for you. This was a pastor's heart. And I believe what Paul saw was that because of his hardship, the trials, the suffering, people were saying, man, if it's happening to Paul, how can we ever get the victory? Hmm? If you see Christians being beheaded on the other side of the globe, Sometimes it can make you pause and go, where is God in this? Right? 
And Paul was just saying, look, I want you to understand this is part of God's plan. Being born again doesn't mean you're exempt from trials and tribulations. In fact, you're probably going to face more of them. How many can say, oh boy. But if that trial, that tribulation, that suffering, if it brings glory to God, which Paul's life obviously did, then it was worth it. It was worth it. Because of Christ, you and I can experience the presence of God, and as we will soon see, it's in His presence, in the essence of His love, for God is love, that we will find our strength. And that's what Paul is trying to share here. The Apostle Paul told the Ephesian church not to lose heart because he was suffering. Let me just say this. Jesus was crucified. (laughs) Who's our model? Yeah. Paul is too. Peter was too. They said, follow me as I follow Jesus, as I do what Christ did. But what I'm trying to say to everybody here today is, contrary to some preachers preaching, if you're a believer, you are going to face adversity. And it's not always from the devil. Sometimes it's to strengthen you. Ephesians 3, 14 to 16. Again, Paul wanted to give the Ephesian believers something to build their faith on rather than fear. I, I was at somebody's house recently, and I saw this, and I asked them if they'd bring it in. Let me borrow it today. If I can get it off. Didn't know it was going to be one of those. This is no political statement. But it, it hit me that that was what I was preaching today. That is what Paul was trying to get across. Paul's heartfelt prayer. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Spirit. About this passage, first, when men prayed in the first century, typically they did it standing. Even today, if you go to the Wailing Wall, you'll see the men standing. You know what I'm saying? So by Paul getting on his knees, he was saying from his heart, I'm worried about you guys. His heart was stirred. As a pastor, there are many times when I feel that way towards some of you and sometimes all of you. It just depends on what we're facing. Second, Paul slipped in that God created everything. Everything. And this is exactly what Genesis chapter 1 teaches us. 
God created everything from ex nihilo, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing became something, something, something. Only God could do that. Third, verse 16 points out God's resources are unlimited. Say unlimited with me. Meaning, there's nothing that we need that the Lord cannot or will not provide for us. Philippians 4.19 is another proof text. And this same God who takes care of me, this is Paul again, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. If you're born again, this scripture applies to you. Amen? Fourth, one of the unlimited resources was and is inner strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. How many of you today, and Mary, when you were up here worshiping and singing, you said something about this, that were the, the chaos, the whatever it was you said, you, you talked about how the world is just coming unraveled. And it is. It has to happen. The end can... <laughs> if Jesus is going to fulfill prophecy, the parousia, he's going to return for you and me, for the church, for that to happen, the world has to unravel. Matthew 24 and 25, read it. This imminent, unlimited resource is available to you and me. Paul said, or I believe Paul alluded to this, that he wanted us to keep our sanity in this crazy, out-of-kilter world. He wanted the Ephesian church to keep their sanity during this time period. As much as we think it's crazy today, in the first century, things were just as weird. And they thought Jesus was coming any day now. So really, nothing's changed, except more prophecies have been fulfilled than ever before. Which leads me to believe we're really close, whatever that looks like. Let me ask you this. Are you ready for some inner strength? Yeah. Ephesians 3.17 Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Some of you haven't done that yet. If God is going to live in you, then you've got to prepare a place for him. You have to trust him. Your roots, Paul said, will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And I saw this picture and I just thought, wow, that's us. That's our roots. Let me just say this. There is a requirement here that we trust in Christ. Faith 
is the human requirement. How many can say amen? amen. Hebrews 11.6, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Faith is required. Trust in Jesus is, re- is required. Christ waits for us to willingly desire that he come in. Again, I only have my testimony. I can't share yours. But when I was in that dark place back at the age of 23, and I didn't know where to turn, and that man, Jaime, gave me hope, kept telling me about Jesus, kept telling me about Jesus, kept telling me, ah, leave me alone. Until the day I had nowhere else to turn, and I said, tell me about Jesus. You know what I did? I expressed an interest. You know what God did? He met me right there. As soon as I said, tell me about Jesus, Tell me what he'll do for me. Because listen, we're all selfish to start with. It's all about us. (laughs) Right? Come on, we're humans. It's all about us. Later, once you've accepted Jesus as Lord, once the Holy Spirit has begun to sanctify you, then not so much. You're not as selfish as you used to be. But in that initial stage, God meets us right where we're at. You don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to do anything else. All you have to do is say, tell me about Jesus. I shared this a week or two ago. Revelation 3, 20 and 21. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my Father on his throne. Hmm. What an invitation. Open up! Jesus said. And when you invite him in, expect miracles. Expect. What's that word I started with? Crucible. Expect crucible. Expect things are going to be bubbling inside of you. The old man's going to be duking it out with the new man, but the new man's going to win. Come on. Move. Right? The old man's going to get knocked out someday where he or she doesn't have power over you To make you go back like a dog goes back to his vomit. You aren't going to do that anymore because you're in there fighting with the help of the Holy Ghost. And you're changing. What is it that's changing you? It's that. As you spend time with the Lord, worshiping Him, saying, Jesus, teach me today. Show me your ways. Help me to imitate you, Lord. And as your roots go down, and as they 
in the, in the arboring language, I believe it's a taproot, that when it hits the life water, the, when it gets down to where water is below it, it shoots up. It takes off like a rocket. Until then, growth is pretty slow. What I'm saying to you is this. When your spiritual roots get down into the love of God, I want to tell you something. You are going to shoot up. For many of us, we have been held back. There's been a drought. And our roots have not made it yet to that love that I'm talking about. God's love. Everybody here will reach that point if you don't give up. Put those roots down deep, folks. Get into the love of God. Let Jesus in. Now let me ask you this. When are roots needed? For a tree. Why does a tree need roots? For sustenance, right? For, to, to get water and all that stuff out of the ground as I just talked about. And what blows it over? In storms. When do you need roots? When the storms of life come knocking at your door. Whatever they look like. And everybody's different. Everybody's unique. Nobody is built the same. Your storms are going to be different than my storms. You know, my nickname used to be Storm and Norman. Believe it or not, I'm not Storm and Norman anymore. I'm not. Hopefully, my wife would agree to that. With Christ living in us, we receive all of God's resources. A Bible scholar. Francis Fawkes said this, we not only gain strength when our roots get down into the love of God, but we receive wisdom, inspiration, and above all, His love. I said this before, I didn't know how to love until Jesus got a hold of my heart and He broke that hard heart that was in me. I didn't know, I didn't know it was hard. I didn't. But he did. And I'll be honest, I bawled like a baby. When he first came into my life, I cried. I admit it. We've been watching Alone, the series. Has anybody else seen it? Do you know what I'm talking about? They, they go out and they drop 10 people into all kinds of different places the one that we're watching right now, it's in Alaska, in the Arctic. And they can take 10 things. They can't take a gun, but they can take a bow and arrow. That's the most extreme. And then most of them take axes and knives and things. And fire starters. Gotta have the fire starter. <laughs> but they drop them in the fall. And, and in the one we're in right now, for a million dollars, they have to stay for 100 days, living off the land, so to speak. And it's amazing the, the trials and tribulations that these people face. 
I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> Do you know where I was going, Barb? All right. The root, the root. Where was I going? What'd you take with you? It's not helping. <laughs> there, it's going to come to me probably at the end. Maybe I'll share it again. But fire starters. You had to have the fire starter. Yeah. I don't know why I was even going there. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Every one of these people faced difficult times. Every single one. Some of them had, and they call it tapping out. They have a, a land, they have a satellite phone. If you call for anything, you're out. They'll come and get you, but you're out. And it's amazing what the people go through to live out here in the land like this. And it reminds me sometimes of us. And there have been a couple of Christians on there too. And, you know, in fact, one, one was a, he said he was a pastor. Um, and he ended up winning, which was kind of cool, but he had roots. He did have roots. I think he did. All of us need to put our roots down into the love of Christ. That means that we cohabitate with him that our spiritual roots go deep, interconnecting with God's love. And if you've been hurt, if somebody has wronged you, you've experienced the opposite of love. Sometimes it's hard to put yourself in that place. And to let God love you. Sometimes you don't feel like you're worthy. And that's from the devil. We're not worthy. But it doesn't matter to God. He loves us anyway. I said that last week. Even while we were yet sinners. Jesus was willing to die for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why are winter roots necessary? They're necessary when the storms of life come against us. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials. Oh, there it is again. These are Jesus' words. Speaking to his disciples. Here on earth, you will have what? Not just some trials, but many. And? Oh, But take heart. Take heart. Put your hand on your heart. Take heart. Jesus. What's that say? Jesus overcame the world. Take heart. You've got nothing to worry about, young lady, because Jesus overcame the world. Hallelujah. Our God is an awesome God. Jesus came to earth to bring God's love. Just as Jesus and the Father were one, Jesus wants to be one with you and me. 
He wants us to get the victory in this life. And to do that, we must put our roots down into his love, whatever that looks like for you. And when you are one with Jesus, he gives you his peace so that when hardships come at us, whether it's resistance, grief, trials, or persecution, you will not be overcome, but you will become the overcomer. Just like Jesus. You're going to imitate him, remember? Put another way, roots are needed when Christians face obstacles or outside influences that would try to rob you of your faith. That's the one thing the enemy does well. He tries to steal your faith so that you can't go on anymore. So that you become neutralized. You see, if you don't exercise your faith, you're no worry to him. He's not afraid of you. But when you realize through Christ and his love you are an overcomer, you become a real threat. And that's when all hell breaks loose against you. Just like it did with Jesus, just like it did with the disciples, later the apostles. The Christian who never puts down strong roots, meaning that they never get close enough to God to experience His love, will be the first to be picked off by these obstacles or tactics of the devil. This Saturday when we meet for prayer, my intention is to storm heaven. To see God move mightily. We need a breakthrough. Not just this church, but Christianity in general. This world needs a breakthrough. Maybe a revival would be a better way to put it. But those who don't put their roots down into the love of God, when the, life, when the storms of life approach, they will be shipwrecked. If you really want to see how somebody is, how strong they are in Christ, put them under pressure. Ephesians 3.18 is really a, a continuation of 3.17, the second part, and I wanted to share, I already read 17, but I wanted to share that second part with verse 18. You know, again, I've said this before, but there aren't any punctuations in Greek. So we added those for our own benefit. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. There is no depth. That's what Paul's saying. There is no depth to God's love. You can't measure it. You can't measure it. That's how big it is. That's how much. Gary, that is how much he loves you, man. 
You can't measure it. If we get our taproot, our spiritual taproot into this, it's going to change us. It's going to change the church in general. As our spiritual roots envelop or become intertwined with God's love, you and I become strengthened. This empowers us. It it gives us a boldness to do things in and through the love of God that we couldn't do without it. I've got a couple examples. Years ago, uh, it was actually a college project. I went to Los Angeles, inner city, to minister to some people there. And I was overcome by the brokenness that I saw in front of me. I expected there to be, that drug addicts would be old. I expected that, and, and some are, as we saw with Life Challenge. But we also went in to reach the young gangbangers. And, and by young, I'm thinking in my head, you know, crossing the switchblade, 18, 20-year-olds maybe. And what I discovered was some were 9 and 10 and 11, and they were carrying guns at that age. I went as a class project. But as I opened myself up and as I began to love people with the love of Christ, God changed me. I saw them through God's eyes. How much he loved those people, and it broke me. I, I was expecting to go in and, and heal their hearts. And what ended up happening was he healed mine. I was thinking I was all that. And I realized quickly I wasn't. And as I loved those people, God did the miraculous. Many people were touched through that uh, experience of mine. Of course, I had to ask, can I pray with you? But when they let me, tears would pour out of these people. Many said yes to Jesus for the first time and prayed that prayer that we pray often here to receive Christ, to open the door. It changed them, sure. But it changed me. And what I'm trying to get to here is when we put ourselves out there and let the love of God really, really, really flow through us. He shows us things. He shows us how that young person is feeling today, how, how they're hurting on the inside. We see them through his filter, and it changes how we respond to people. That one that acts like they hate your guts at work, That person's hurting on the inside. And when your taproot gets down into God's love, he'll give you what you need to minister to that person. And it will change both your lives. 
Can I get a strong amen? amen? The love of God allows us to see hurting people from God's perspective. And that love empowers us for miracles. You know, Jesus, every single time that he operated in the miraculous, it was out of love for the people. Go back and look. See if what I'm saying isn't truth. Ephesians 3.19, may you experience the love of Christ, Paul said, though it is too great to understand fully. Then, then, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. When are we going to be complete? Says it right there. When you experience the love of Christ, when you get your taproot down, your spiritual taproot down into God's love, you are going to be complete. So as I see this passage from Paul's letter, when we experience the love of Christ deep within our spirit, we are made complete with life and power that only comes from God. And that love drives us to do things that we would not normally do. Like walk up to a couple of street prostitutes and share Jesus with them. I wouldn't normally do that. Or turn your vehicle around to help somebody that you saw standing on the bridge. True story. Claudia was driving north on 27 and she saw a woman standing on the I-75 overpass. You know what her first thought was? I gotta go love that person. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. She said, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. But she made it around the corner on Johnson Road and she felt that nudge again. Turn around. And she did a (laughs) Yui. And she drove back and came around and she turned her flashers on and she pulled up next to this lady with her windows down. And Claudia, I'm trying to stay in the context of your testimony. And this lady was crying and it appeared she was ready to jump. And and Claudia tried to firmly say, get in the car! And then she brought it down a notch as the Holy Spirit worked in her and she honey-coated it a little bit. Please, get in. Let's talk. Tell me what's going on as God led her to share with her. Finally, the woman got in her car. By this point, she's just bawling. And sure enough, the lady was ready to end everything. Claudia had her Christian music on, of course, background music as this young lady cried and cried. And Claudia just kept trying to ask questions and get, get her to talk. And, and finally, she calmed down enough 
where Claudia could have conversation with her. And as they talked, she offered her coffee and, and something else. And I don't remember exactly where it all went, but she ended up saying, I, I just want to go home now. And Claudia was able to take her. But here's my point. Claudia wouldn't have done that if she hadn't had the love of God in her heart. I know she said at first, how many have done that? God says, do something, and you're a mile down the road before you finally do it. He knows. You wouldn't do it if you didn't have that in you. That's the love of God. That's your spiritual root. It's gone down into God's love, and He shows you people, vulnerable people, hurting people, people that need to hear from us. What has God given you that you can give to them? She shared a little bit with that lady. She prayed with her, and she dropped her off at her house safe. That's what God's love can do. It could change people. Thank you for allowing me to share that. And you probably would have done a better job, but you didn't want to come up here, so there. (laughs) God wants you and me to experience His transforming and empowering love. It changes our hearts, and we become more like Jesus. Remember, as the Apostle John pointed out in chapter 4, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God did not send his love just to give us warm and fuzzy feelings inside. God places his love in us so that after we experience it, we cannot help but find somebody to share it with. That's the whole point. It isn't to keep it to yourself. Oh, man, I spent 17 hours with God all by myself. (laughs) Cool. Okay, what are you going to do with it? If, if he truly poured into you for 17 hours, why did he do that? It wasn't so you could just go, ah, isn't that feel good? No, it's because what he put in you is intended to be shared, dispersed. I like to put it, We are God's love ambassadors. Through this symbiotic relationship where God first pours his love into us, and then in response, we dispense it to those in need. There is strength, there is peace, and so much more. You need strength? Get your roots down into the love of God. Learn to love people like God loves you, like God loves people. 
That's what Jesus did so well. He loved everybody. You know what? Even though he called out those religious men, he still loved them. You might not have seen it in some of his words because he was ticked. He was upset with the way they were treating the common man. But Jesus still loved them. That's what I did when I went to L.A. That's what Claudia did on that bridge. As I begin to share, uh, sorry, as I begin to close, if the worship team could come. By acting out of the love of God, as we see God move in our lives by our faith, our love for God and for people grows. How many want to see God move in your life? What's it take? Getting your roots down. Experiencing God's love so deep, so wide, so long, so high. When you get into that place, you can't help but find somebody to ooze all over. Everyone has changed. To God be the glory. The crucible. God wants us to go through some things that are going to help us be better Christians. Whatever that looks like. For each one of us, it's different. For some, it's baby steps. For others, others it'll be leaps. That's not what's important. What's important is that you recognize that your spirit is connected to God and His love. That you know what He's done for you, what He's paid the price for you to do. And when you get to that place, oh man, you know what you're going to have on your face? A big old smile. You can't help but be happy, full of joy, because you know what God can do through you. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Would you stand with me? So we're going to sing this song at least a, a verse or two and then I'll be back. So let's, I would just ask wherever you're at right now, whether you're here or online, as, as the worship team leads us in this song, let God's love permeate the hardest of hearts. And if you feel like your heart's already soft, as I did, just say, Lord, if there's more, maybe I'm holding back from you. If there's more that needs to be softened, if there's more that needs to be purified out of this, do it. 
do it today. Do it to me so I can be so in love with you that I want to share that love with others.
How many in this room, maybe online as well, you feel like your taproot, your spiritual taproot has reached that level. It has reached the love of God so deep and wide. Raise your hand if that's you. You know, I'm not sure I'm there. <laughs> I know, that's silly, right? As I, as I prepared this week, I just thought, wow, am I there? How many recognize you need to go deeper? You need to go deeper. You, your, your roots need to go deeper into the love of God. And that might mean, first of all, that He does some things in you that you need done. Some healing stuff going on. Maybe some mental adjustments. How you see things, how you perceive life in general. You know, if, if, if you'll invite Him, he can, do, he can do the miraculous. So if that's you, just raise your hands. At home, raise your hands. You say, you know what? I need more of God's love today. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I want to be used by you. Make this your prayer. I want to be used by you. But I need to go deeper first. Because there are times when I don't like people. There are times when the only thing that's going to bridge that is your love that's in me. And Lord, I want to go deeper with you. I want your love. I want to imitate Christ. When I'm around people, Lord, I want to be alert. I want to be like, like that uh, uh, hunting dog pointing right at the bing. I'm going to know right where the hurting people are, right where you're sending me. That target. And when I see him, Lord, I'm not just going to go, well, I'm tired. I'm going to say, you know what? Speak through me, Lord. Use me. Let your love that you poured into me just pour out on these people. That's our prayer for this church. That's our prayer for our church family at home. That you, Lord, would use us. Love's going to be eternal. It's going to last forever. Let's start right here. Let's start on this side of heaven. That's what God intended when he sent Jesus. He's going to pour his love into us, and we're going to pour it into others. Let's go do that in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for this message. Help us to learn from it, grow from it, get stronger from it. May your peace be with each one. We pray this again in Jesus' name. And I, I wanted to close with the final verse, verses two, that Paul wrote in Ephesians 3. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you have a prayer need, uh, if our prayer partners wouldn't mind coming up, we'd be happy to pray with you. Um, otherwise, as we go out on this song one more time, thank you.
you.